0: Tom Rockley from the Brisbane Lions, you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: David Mundy from the Fremantle Dockers.
0: Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Bob
1: Murphy from the Western Bulldogs. That's Brad Ebert from the Port Adelaide Football Club. I am Andrew Foley from the North Melbourne Football Club. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. Hi, I'm Gary Ablett from the Gold Coast Suns, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, you with MJ. hope you're enjoying yourself, and welcome to the official Dream Team episode as we talk all things DT. And there is a lot to discuss in this week's episode. Joining me on the line, also from the coaches panel, I've got Fish on the line. Hello, mate. How are you?
0: Good, MJ. How are you going?
1: Yes. No, look, I'm keeping out of trouble at the moment, which considering where life is positioned right now with, you know, one more week left to go in the multi-buy rounds, some pretty big scores last week, by the way, too, right across the board. And part of that's to do with coaches that might be pretty round 11 and round 13 heavy could have had a lot of their big premiums on field. And when the likes of Ablett, Merritt, uh, Neil was relatively strong. Um, Rockliffe was certainly a little bit under. Mitchell's another one. And then the likes of Martin, Grundy, Dockerty, Jake Lloyd, for those that own him. And even through the forward lines, the popular Heaney, Dalhouse, McRae, a lot of very popular big names delivered some pretty big numbers for us last week.
0: Yeah, but there's some massive scores out there last week, that's yeah. for sure. And I think as you said, it's... Probably this week will be very interesting to see where the numbers lie, because I'm sure a few of those teams that went massive last week are probably looking at their teams you know, this morning and going, oh, what am I going to do here, actually?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And that certainly actually can be an OK strategy, because I think when you look at the multi buyer rounds, you can't just look at one week fluctuations or deviations. You've got to look at it. Almost the three week period as one gigantic round and then be able to go, Okay, did I score kind of par or or make some grand across the couple of weeks? Did I improve my side with the trades and not just sideways? Am I in a better position now in with final ten weeks to go than I was a fortnight ago?
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, if you you were lucky enough to pump out a you know twenty one and we even saw a couple of twenty two hundreds and the like last week then. Well it means you can probably afford to take a little bit of a backward step this week and, you know, maybe scrape together a sixteen hundred. It mm. shouldn't hurt you that badly in the scheme of it. And teams probably are looking at it going as well, though, oh, you know, I want to keep you know, get another massive score and I might look at trading one of those round thirteen premiums. There's a few that you probably would be warranted to look at trading out and sideways trading them out, but you know, you probably don't want to be going and trading the, the cream of the crop of them just to get an extra hundred this week because ultimately You know, with 10-plus rounds left in the season, it's probably going to cost you points in the long run, even though you may pick up an extra... 100 you know, points here or there, yeah. 100 points this week. So, yeah, it's certainly something strategically to look at and just look at the bigger picture with those type of moves.
1: Well, let's talk about some of those Round 13 premiums that are going to be missing from our sides this week. Um, one of, if not the best rack option for the year, Brody Grundy. He won't play this week. Neither will Sam Jacobs. They're probably the two most popular Round 13 rucks, although there are a number of others, like a Sanderlands or a Mumford in the forward line. Probably not too much pain I'd be expecting this week. Fish Green, probably the biggest problem for coaches this week. Um, In the the back line, Adams, Laird, Shaw probably lead the charge for a lot of people. There are other premiums, but they're probably the biggest three. It's probably more the midfield that's going to impact people. No Merritt, no Mitchell, um, Lockie Neal, the Magpie pair or trio, you can include side bottom of that, Pendlebury and Trelaw. A lot of coaches are probably going to hurt the most through scoring power in the midfield.
0: Yeah, and I think the midfield is is the key as well. Like if you look at it, in the weekend just gone, you know those monster scores were built on the back of a lot of you know the likes of having a Tom Mitchell in there and um, you know Zach Merritt and those types of guys, which have been going massive. The other lines that you mentioned, you know the Grundys, who's clearly the the best DT mm. going around, and then you know Shaw, Adams, Lad, etc. There's no reason to be trading those guys. They are clearly in the top couple in their positions. Yep. So you obviously want to be looking at keeping them. So I suppose that's where it gets to the midfield, you know, if you are looking at little sideways trades. But again, I don't think you want to be playing around with guys like Kitch and Zach uh, like Merritt, that's for sure, because again, they're in the top couple in their positions. So you've got to look at the accessory, you know, guys in the midfield to them.
1: Absolutely. Let's talk about one guy that at the start of the year was considered an underpriced premium coming off an injury-affected 2016, um, showed in patches of the year, albeit he only played a handful of games, and big patches of 2015. He was capable of averaging 105, maybe even 110. However, Nat Five, with the exception of his opening three weeks, it's safe to say he's been a disappointment. He has not scored over 100. Granted, there's been, you know, three or so 90 scores throughout that period, but he has now dropped 112,000 on his already perceived initial value. He does have a break even of 81, so he's certainly bottomed out in price. He's now $472,400, still in pretty much around about 50% of sides, although it was certainly more prior to lockout opening. A lot of coaches had starting to get in the process of moving them out of their sides. Here's my question with Nat 5. He's now at his basement. You generally don't sell low when it comes to premiums. You buy low, but you don't sell low. He, however, is averaging 85 in his last five, and if you had him going at 100, You're missing out on probably 20 points a week now on somebody else's midfield 7 or somebody else's midfield 8. Is it worth the upgrade trade now and prioritizing upgrading him over potentially upgrading, I don't know, a Will hoskin Elliott for some or a Jake Barrett? Um, Maybe even looking at upgrading a, a Tom Stewart. Now, some of these are coming off their buy. What's the priority for coaches, and is it worth the trade of spending another hundred and fifty grand on upgrading Nat Five?
0: I think that last point that you make there—that is probably the key with all of it. It's not like it's a simple, you know, sideways jump to another premium. He's dropped in value so much that if you are going to do this, you've got to have a serious, serious look at it, and probably try and generate a little bit of cash from somewhere else he's certainly the round 13 premium, though, that you probably need to look at, at upgrading because if he continues on along his merry way, yeah, he's not even going to touch those those top probably 15 to 20 midfielders, let alone, you know, when you're keeping these guys, you want him to go top 10 for the remainder of the year. A yes. few options, I suppose. You know, if you didn't grab a, a Scooter Selwood before he's by, you can probably look at, you know, maybe something with that just as a little bit of a... A backwards jump, obviously, Mm -hmm. Scooters had the one price rise, but it's not going to cost you anything to do that particular trade. Um, And then, you know, in terms of sort of underpriced premiums on other lines, you know, maybe get a little bit creative. If you don't have a a Luke Dalhouse, who has been disappointing lately, but has had his buy, and, you know, you can probably do a bit of DPP trading there. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a Jake Lloyd, they're they're probably guys that you can look at, um, depending on what you've got with your other lines, I think, Given the, the way that they're bottoming out, they're more than likely to be in the top scorers on their lines as opposed to a five where he is. And then you can sort of sit back and reassess what you're going to do with that. Um, because, look, there's always going to be underpriced premiums to grab it at some stage. Yeah. I just don't think at the moment in the midfield that there's any real valid options to be jumping five two. So maybe, you know, with the buy around this week, it's it's a possibility to get him across to another line with, with the DPP trade and then you just reassess it after that. But certainly, yeah, I think with his high ownership, I think we're going to see a real 50-50 split here. People will hold him and just try and conserve him. Yeah. And look, with the rest, he may come home and run home in an absolute flurry of points, but given with what we've seen so far...
1: You've got eight weeks of data suggesting otherwise.
0: Yeah. I think the biggest concern is just the role that he's playing. Like, you know, a lot of midfield early on the weekend and then he just got shunted up forward again. Yeah. Yeah. and that's a little bit what Fremantle are doing with their limited options. We saw it with Walters the week before, where they, they're searching for forwards, they're searching for goals to win their games, and guys like Walters and Foss, they even Neil at the start of the season, um, mm. they're spending extended periods up forwards, so that's probably the key thing with it in the Real Dream Team format. I just don't see him being a top-scoring midfielder now, so... The case of probably cutting your losses, yep. but then just working out how you do it. It doesn't have to be to a midfielder. Yeah. look around the other lines as well.
1: It certainly doesn't. When you do look at the midfielders and guys that are, I guess, value in terms of their potential scoring, you could build the case that Joel Selwood, who's around about 570,000, 580,000. But with the exception of his past three weeks at, at playing at home in Geelong, he's coming off a pretty... Oh, Underwhelming score uh, track. You know, a couple of sub 100 scores in there, certainly boosted by that recent history at Geelong. Uh, Josh Kennedy uh, certainly has got the history of storming home and was solid enough on the weekend with a score of 112. He's around about 550,000. As you've alluded to already, there's a Scott Selwood who's basically a sideways trade. Or you can go all the way up to maybe some of the premiums that you've missed that are now coming off the bye with uh, the likes of maybe a unique, like a Luke Shuey, even a Dustin Martins, incredibly unique. And both those guys have some pretty high ceilings. Um, Is there anyone that's fresh off the bye? That's probably more on the unique side, because I think a lot of coaches that are in contention probably have Patrick Dangerfield. Is there some guys in the midfield coming off the bye that you think now they're right and ready to go for a five trade?
0: I think, you know, the guys that you mentioned are certainly there. The other one that's not really been spoken about a lot in terms of the Geelong midfielders is Mitch Duncan. Mm. Um, When you have a look at the way that his season's gone, and if you have a little bit of a look back, he's just absolutely pumped out, you know, consistently good scores. And a lot of that was built off the fact that this is the first pre-season I think he's done in three or four years, and it's just come through to his football. And... At this stage, you probably are looking for your net guys to bring into your side. Um, I think sometimes, you know, we've mentioned it before, it's people tend to look at the name as opposed to looking at the numbers. Mm. Um, and if you looked at his numbers in isolation, then you'd be going, wow, this, this guy can really sort of put some big scores out there. But it's whether or not you're willing to pay top dollar for a guy like him, yeah. and that's what we were talking about before. You know, to get five to these guys is going to cost money. So yeah. you either work out a plan um and go for the best of the best or you sit back and try to work out something in terms of getting him to the best available option you can even though it may not be in the best of the best
1: absolutely know, be well look the there's value one. across all our lines. jake lloyd you could get him this week um and he's certainly you know relatively good in pricing he's under five hundred thousand now but but with his break even you, you're probably going to feel confident you could wait an extra week if need be um Nick Rewalt will play this week according to the Saints and he's certainly got the history there granted there's a bit of concern around his knee at the moment but he's got the history to be probably the potential to be the number one scoring midfielder from round 13 for the rest of the year so there's plenty of options there for us to be able to look at across other lines it's just that do I pay for the best of the best or do I take a little bit of value and I guess it really depends where each unique side is at. Are you finishing that line? Are you trying to maximise um, on points, uh, which you should be able to do anyway? Uh, am I trying to navigate, um, you know, the impact of a of a dockety or something like that that's really hurting you at the moment? There's so many different variables that do start to come into play for different coaches where they're at.
0: Yeah, and that's you've, you've mentioned that all along in these chats. It's really based on your side, so that's the key thing. Sit back, have a look at your side. See where you need to work it out. And if you can look, you know, as we are talking before, it may be the option that you need to get that last defender or you need to get that last forward. And this is probably a perfect opportunity to do it with the five type and then just wait for an actual premium midfielder to, to roll along in a couple of weeks' time. Mm. You know, Rory Sloan, obviously that the tag is impacting him if you yeah. want to back him to be able to beat the tag. Post-buy, he's going to be very, very attractive price-wise. So that may be an option that essentially you're going a five to a Sloan in a way. You're just not doing it with
1: a direct trade. No, exactly right. Well, he's now dropped under $600,000, got a break-even of one hundred and seventy-three. dollars So you're certainly not making that trade within the next fortnight. But look, if you go and pick up yourself a Jake Lloyd at the end of round 13, you go and pick up a Rory Sloan at the end of round 15, both of these guys have shown in big patches of the year they can score very, very well. So it is certain, certainly looking for the value that is around while also maximizing points on the run through. Speaking of maximizing points, Fish, uh, coaches are probably this week more than ever struggling to get 18 on field. Only 18 players count in your overall score. So if you have more than 18, they'll just chop off the bottom couple of scores. It seems to be the dilemma most years and most weeks that coaches face through the buy rounds of, do I push to just get the 18 on field? And sometimes we can get into that mindset but not focus on the amount of premiums we have and get trapped with the type of score we really need to get.
0: Yeah, and I don't think there's really any rookies that are probably worthwhile jumping on anyway from yeah. memory that the guy's are going to be there. So that's the thing that, as we are talking before, do you really want to be trading absolute top-line premiums just to someone else You know, for yeah. the small game that it gets you? And even the rookies that... If you're jumping on rookies, they're probably guys that have played one game or they're going to be making their debut. Mm. Um, And again, is that trade worth it? Look, it might blow up in your face. We saw a lot of people a couple of weeks ago go to a Luke Ryan named on the debut in the uh, the buy rounds, and I think he got 30 or 40-odd, and that was it. Uh, And even the weekend's just gone. You know, a lot of our rookies, again, they're just not putting up huge numbers. Uh, Cousins, Greenwood on the weekend just Mm. gone. So. Have a good think about that. You know, you might have 17, 16 players, but if you can cobble together and on the weekend we saw it, you know, it's the absolute best of the best premiums that pump up those huge numbers. So you might only have 15 or 16 playing, but if they're all premiums, you still have a chance to put a decent score up.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely right. And there are plenty of dilemmas facing coaches this week. Uh, Barrett, who you're probably hoping to get you through the buy rounds, has really delivered some strong scores over the past couple of weeks and really raising his financial value. Andy Otten, Will Hoskin-Elliot, Andrew McGrath have all done their job in terms of cash generation, Daniel Lloyd's kind of stalled a little bit in that. David Nyes, unfortunately, has been nothing like we'd hoped from a fantasy football perspective. Um, So it's going to be very interesting to see the moves coaches make this week because there's some guys that are ready to be moved on, but there may not be the downgrade options that are playing this week that are worthwhile moving because it it appears Luke Ryan, if you haven't got him yet, on the bubble next week uh, is a perfect downgrade trade. John O'Beach may hold his spot long enough for it to be worth a downgrade trade. But outside of that, then you're starting to wait for some sides to cotton wool, some of their experienced players and blood, some kids, maybe a Mountford or a Hibbard from North Melbourne will come through on the back half if North Melbourne feel their year is done. But the cows have been pretty dry in the paddock all year, but it's getting even harder and harder if you feel like you still need to do those last two or three upgrades.
0: Yeah, I think one you mentioned it, um, in there, like an Otten or a McGrath or a Luke Ryan this week, isn't the worst trade going around. Obviously, Ryan's not going to play, but it does free up a significant amount of money for you to be able to do something else with another trade. So, yeah. you know, even though it's not necessarily going to improve your on field numbers, you know, from a player point of view, that two hundred to what is it, $250,000 that you get out of those downgrades yeah. could be used to upgrade someone else. Uh, On another line So I think Even though he's not playing Luke Ryan might still be One of the most traded in Rookies this week
1: Yeah Alright no fair enough And look as alluded to There's not much else there At the moment From a cash cow perspective What's fascinating for me This week uh, Fish I want to speak about Quickly is the Thursday night rolling or partial lockout again uh, that coaches have the option to be able to maximise? That means on Thursday night, West Coast and Geelong players are locked in. And so most people will be looking that own Patrick Dangerfield to try to loophole his captaincy score and then just put the C if he scores enough for you um, on one of probably your round 13 guys that are not going to be playing on the field. The reason I bring it up is this, and it's like, me, sorry, I, I should mention. As per previous weeks with the role, uh, the partial lockout, any trades made, even if they don't impact West Coast or Geelong players, and that game commences, you are unable to reverse any trades once that game starts. So even Friday morning, you flick the trade and you go and pick up, I don't know, an Isaac Heaney or a Dustin Martin, and you change your mind, well, you can't. So once that game starts, all trades made previously are then locked in, and then any other trades you go and do up until the full lockout kicks off on Friday night, are non-reversible. Here's my dilemma. Patrick Dangerfield scores okay. Maybe goes 105-110. Most weeks, you're not going to take that as a loophole captaincy option. Coaches are without the likes of Pendlebury, Trelaw, Merritt, and Tom Mitchell. All, All very strong captain options almost every single week. Gary Ablett is in ripping form and certainly will be a popular captaincy option this week. But does the tag of Ed Curnow, who's relatively go- who's got some relatively good history on Gaz, is that going to burn coaches? Tom Rockliffe looked nothing like Rocky of normal. Was a lot more hesitant, not involved in as many contests. Still scored okay, considering. But certainly you'd had a lack of confidence in putting the captaincy on him. You can't trust the Sydney midfielders at the moment. Granted, they've been in a little bit better, bit better form. And Sydney, historically, beyond outside of this year, have been a restrictive team. And so potentially it's not the week for Dusty Martin as a captaincy. You can build a case that this is going to be one of the most fascinating weeks for what people do with their captain if they can't get enough score out of Patrick Dangerfield.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point this week, MJ. It is something to consider where the other matchups, they just don't have a great lot of appeal to them, do they? Mm, like no. This may be the week that you know, you've really got to think long and hard about it. And I think you're probably right. You know, he's dangerous. You can just go to a 110. Um, you've really got to sit there and think maybe that's enough, maybe that's enough for the week. But at the same time, if you're up the top and you're pushing and you're yeah. really looking to get that little point of difference, roll the dice and feel comfortable doing it but you've got to you've got to be comfortable whichever way you go whether you know the loss of 20 points is enough for you to say oh well you know that that's it that's what i'm going to do but it certainly is a tough week in terms of that loophole in weeks gone by um we've had a lot of easier choices to make as as the numbers that are there because of the captaincy options that are in the background but Mm. yeah it is something to consider this week that little bit tougher to get, get that final call made,
1: right? Certainly is. All right, mate, appreciate your thoughts as coaches navigate the final of the buy rounds. Thank you so much.
0: No worries, yeah. mate. Thanks, buddy.
1: Keep checking out every single day. The website at sportsdeck.com is where you can go. And make sure you make all the adjustments to your DT side this week. Give yourself plenty of options. The hope is that you're pretty close now. Maybe, maybe after this week, one, two, three perhaps three upgrade trades away uh, from getting a quote-unquote completed site. So you should be very, very close now to be able to, to get there, and there is some value around to be able to do that. Uh, articles are at the website every single day and the partial lockout this week. Good luck this week. I hope everything goes your way. And from the coaches panel, we'll chat to you soon.